Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode seventy-two. Episode number 72 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass still. And finally, thank you to all the people out here who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com, B-R-O-N-X-B-I-A-S, P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot MyShopify dot com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me. I got hoodies on there. I got t-shirts. I got tote bags. I got stickers and I got COVID masks with much, much, much more to come. It's a great way besides, of course, of, by listening to the show. It's a great way to also support the show um, because I'm an independent potter from the Bronx, New York. And the merch is just one of the best ways that I can receive money to help keep the podcast going the way that it is. I'm not sponsored. I ain't got no deals. I'm doing this all from the trunk. So any support you guys could give me, um, it will be greatly, greatly appreciated. The merchandise is quality material. 
You don't have to worry about the prints fading or the shirt shrinking three times the size after you throw it in the wash one time. Pro products are quality material. And the merch is just another great way just to support me in the show. So if you can, if you feel so inclined, I strongly, strongly recommend hooking it up, purchasing some merch. And I truly, truly appreciate everyone who has supported my merch so far. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, 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 great show today. I am very, very excited for you guys to hear today's show. And I am in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing song by Titans of the South. Again, I've said it before on this podcast and I will say it again. There is something in the water in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know what it is, but there is something in the water down there that when people drink that, drink it or whatever, maybe it's the Georgia peaches, they just become amazing rappers, amazing singers, or amazing producers. And today's song is called Rap Saved Me by 21 Savage, Offset, Quavo, and Metro Boomin off of the album Without Warning. And whatever it is in Atlanta, you guys can think about all your favorite artists. You know, there's so many great ones that come from Atlanta. I don't know what it is about Atlanta. There's something in that water, I promise you. You could think of from Outkast, Andre 3000 and Big Boy, Lil Jon, right? Migos, 21 Savage, Metro Boomin, T.I., uh, Young Thug, Gunna, like, there's so many, and I'm missing so many off the top of my head. There's just so many from Atlanta. Ludacris. Like, how many great ones from Atlanta are there? It's too many to say. But I, I know the next trip that I go on, the next, like, full trip where I could get, like, a week or a week and a half in a place, I'm not going to Las Vegas right now. I'm not going to Cali right now. The next place I'm trying to go when I have an extended vacation, Atlanta, Georgia. I need to get some of that energy that's down there because clearly they are creative powerhouses down there and it, it I need to discover it, okay? Just like Pharrell found the Fountain of Youth, he always looks like he's 25 years old and he's in his late 40s and his 50s. Atlanta is the creative fountain of, or the fountain of creativity, I should say. I need to go down there and get some of that because clearly they just producing amazing talent, you know, day after day after day after day. And I kind of wish, you know, I kind of picked the song, too, because the title of the song is called Rap Save Me. I was thinking, like, you know, it would be great to, like, have a song called, like, Podding Save Me or Podcast Save Me. But it wouldn't it wouldn't come off as good. So I had to use that in the terms of this place because podcasting, I feel like it did save me in a way. And I and, you know, I, I feel that way almost every day. I feel that way every time I come in the pod. So shout out to Podding for saving me. Shout out to all these amazing rappers from Atlanta, and it was a great way for me to start the show today. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people 
come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is... The Bronx River Alliance serves as a coordinated voice for the river and works in harmonious partnership with the borough to protect, improve, and restore the Bronx River Corridor. The Alliance strives to keep the river as a healthy, ecological, recreational, educational, and economic resource for the communities through which the river flows. The Alliance works in close partnership with the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation to achieve these goals. For more information on the River Alliance, you can visit the website bronxriver.org. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 72. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, all right, we're getting right to the shits today. We have two very, 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 very special guests. It's only special guests that appear here on the Bronx Bias Podcast. So, But today we have two very special guests. We have Jessica and Ian. They are entrepreneurs, designers, and the creators of the Bodega Union, which is a clothing and lifestyle brand started right here in the Bronx, New York. Jessica and Ian, welcome to the show. How are you? What's up, bro? What's up? How you doing this Sunday? How you been? How it's you a great been? day, great day. I'm so excited to do this. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm happy to have you guys. I'm happy you guys were able to make some time. We're gonna have a good show. Yeah, I'm so oh, excited yeah. for this one. All right. All right. So, can you guys tell the people where are some of the places that you guys can be reached if they want to see what all you guys do? They want to see all your creations, or if they want to just get more information on the Bodega Union. All right, to start our email, if you ever want to contact us, collab with us, or do any work with us, it is info at store. Dot store. And again, our name is spelled D-A-B-O-D-E-G-A-U-N-I-O-N, DoubleDegaUnion.store. And again, that is also our website, DoubleDegaUnion.store, Instagram, exactly same, Facebook, exactly the same. The Bodega Union. Follow us on IG, Facebook. You have it on our website. Those are the most places you can find us. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Great. And I'll make sure to put that in the description so the listeners can go right to it and click it right from there. So the first question I, I like to ask everybody who comes on the show is about COVID, right? So because we're still dealing with COVID, even though it came in flux last year, we're still dealing with the effects of it right now. So the first thing I always like to ask people is, how has COVID and the last year of 2020 affected you guys personally? And also, how has it affected your business? So COVID, COVID was a bitch. Let's just start there. <laughs> it <Yeah>. was. <laughs> it I is. It is. Like, if I could pack that up and, like, send it to the moon, like, see you later, that was definitely something I would do. Um, personally, so I work in IT. I am an IT director. I do IT specialist work. I've been doing that for like 10, if not more years. So with that being said, my my job itself really didn't fluctuate because like IT work takes you all over the place. Like um, that's kind of the easiest thing about this business. Like I could just pick up, break down how I go. Um, it was a little weird because right before COVID started, I was on maternity leave with... Um, with our daughter that's now two 
So I was already used to being home. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back into the office. I'm going to go join everybody. Hey, guys, how y'all been? And, like, literally two weeks later, they're like, so we're closing the office for COVID. And I'm like, well, is there any way I can stay? Like, all of you can go. Like, I, if I'm by myself, I'm not harming anyone. <laughs> yeah, she had she had major cabin fever. So she, cause she went from maternity leave straight into COVID. So, like... Wow. Our whole work environment was topsy-turvy. Completely changed. Yeah. Uh, so completely. Um, one of the biggest things, they was like, here, you're, you're the head of, like, work from home. And I was like, but I didn't. I don't want to be the captain of this. <laughs> but it was just like, well, who else is going to do it? Like, you're the only one that got used to this. Right. So um, it was pretty chill, kind of, like, navigating people. Um, but I got bored. Um, I was like, ah, this... IT, you can only do so much in IT until, you know, you meet the bad side and it's just like, you get yourself in trouble. So... She was she was stuck inside. I was the exact opposite. (laughs) I was a quote-unquote essential worker. I worked in the the dental field and also at a a restaurant as well, the the food industry. So I was outside when it was, it was like desolate and it was, it was, it was eerie. It was odd. We had the curfew started. It was, it was a weird time. And normal things that you would do, go out to the movies, hang out with friends, all of the little things that you didn't think were so important got stripped from us. And there was no date night for us. We were just looking at each other at home. She was stuck and we, we craved something to, to, to do, to some, do. Type of, some type of way to get our creativity out right. in a positive way. So right. the Bodega Union spawned. Yeah, and um, it was really just kind of her idea to initially start. Again, she wanted to just do something different with her photography, just be more creative. Again, she was in the house doing two jobs, being a mother, and you know, working from home doing IT work. So So, it was when most people would be like, "Oh my God, that sounds like a lot." I got tired of looking at the same four walls, and you could only sing the ABCs one, two, three so many times. Before you're like, so, is there anything else in the English language we could go over? <laughs> so with that, um, with that being said, I would be up some nights. Some nights I wouldn't sleep. Some nights I would sleep all day. Um, and I would just do art. Um, people would tell me to fix a bunch of IT issues in Adobe. And I would just do art. And I'm like, I have all this photography. No one's in the streets. It's like... Perfect time for it to photography. But then I was conflicted because as a photographer, I'm like, no one is in my way in New York City. Not a person. I can get whatever shot I want. I got no one telling me I got to get off their car. (laughs) (laughs) I get to climb whatever light pole I want. But then I'm like, there's this invisible silent killer. And I have a small child. And I'm not supposed to be outside. It was, it was real scary. It was really... There was a lot of unknown weird. and the fear of the pandemic was like the way it strangled this city. Was, it was so eerie. But it was mm-hmm. so wonderful for my photography. It's, but again, no one was... But yeah, it, it spawned us and this brand. It was like a, enough pressure got put on a piece of coal and this nice little diamond yeah. came out of nowhere. And it was like, That's this is... Great. And it was therapeutic as well for us, you know? That's so, a great way to look at it. Like... Yeah. Because I think like every person I speak to, they always say the good and the bad, right? So the bad is obviously we live in New York. You're used to seeing people. You're used to having hearing noise. 
So yeah. you go outside and it's like you're in a horror movie or something. But <laughs> then the positive is people are in the house and they're thinking, okay, well, what the hell can I do? You know, what, what have I been putting off for mad long? Exactly. Let me try something. Let's go down and, this bucket list and, 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 and see what we could check off. Right. And then so many people are starting their own thing. So you guys have your clothing line. I started my pod. Other people are doing their own thing. And it's like, that probably would not have happened right. if it yeah. wasn't for COVID. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for COVID. Like, there would be so many people that didn't realize their potential that really couldn't happen at that point. Straight up. Straight up. So it's all, or we always want to be sensitive to people who have had a hard hand dealt due to COVID. You know, people yes. losing their right. lives, losing their job, et cetera. But it's like, dang, like, I'm, we kind of low-key scratched a good lottery ticket and, yes. and got mm-hmm. a good result from got it. Got a good result from it, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, I give it up to the people who unfortunately lost their, their, their family yeah. members and everything. But um, honestly, like, going from a very 9 to 5, like, mindset to me, like, oh, I got to wake up every day. This is what I'm destined to do. Uh, and, like, you have those ideas where you flirt, like, I could, I could work for myself. I could do this. And then finally getting put in that box where it's just like, well, I could lose this job tomorrow. So now I, I have to figure out a way to make this work before it may not work. And that was kind of slightly in the back of my mind. But then the other times I was like, yeah, <laughs> like the way that we started the bodega union, I was literally me just making essential, um, there were people in our neighborhood who were getting complaints like they would work past 96th Street and couldn't get home. They they had to wear their badges or people who weren't in the medical field that couldn't wear badges like our bodegas. Like those are essential workers. But how is a if a cop stops them, how are they going to know that they're essential? Like there's no badge that says I work in a bodega. No, like you're going to walk in and order a sandwich and like I work in a bodega. But like that sandwich wouldn't have been there. Um, one of the biggest things I relate to a lot is people ran out of toilet paper. We never ran out of toilet paper. It, it wasn't a thing. Like I, I really looked at people so strange because I was like, what do you mean you're out of toilet paper? Like I grew up in a little bit of a struggle. One plying ain't nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. I mean, that is a fact. may be out of stock, but this one ply is getting the job done. And my mom always told me if the, the you know, toilet paper going is baby wipes. And there's washcloths. So <laughs> get the cleaning. That's where I was just like, toilet paper. Y'all are going crazy over toilet paper. Like, <laughs> there is much more drastic things in the world we got going on here, guys. Straight up. So we made the, we made the essential design really just randomly one night. Um, I was on a Darby, I was on Adobe Spark. And that was, that was just another app that a lot of my users complained about. Where it was like, oh, I can't never get this thing to work. Uh, uh, and I'm like, it's a mobile app. Like, I'm not going to fix it. Like, whatever. But then as the outside person, I was like, I'm going to download this app. I'm going to see what it is. And first off, I don't know who made that app or who did not update it. But I made free PNGs all over the place. <laughs> like, I was just taking transparent backgrounds, mixing things together. And I was like, I don't need my computer. I could put this on my iPad. I didn't sleep for like three, four days. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I don't need my computer. I don't need to turn it on. I don't need to sit through Photoshop and do all of these things. I could just click two buttons, boom. And I I put it on. So I put it on a mask because I didn't have a mask. 
that's originally where that started. I didn't have a mask, and I was like, I'm not buying disposable masks. Like, if I'm forced to, like, wear one, I'm going to wear my own. Right. But then I was like, we have our bodegas that didn't have that. There was people that was around us that didn't have masks. We had our own friends that didn't have masks, and I was like, well, I got some money. Like, let's figure this out. So that's uh, that's kind of where that started. Yeah, we just wanted to give back to our community mm-hmm. in little ways, just by donating a mask that says essential. And the idea behind it is when the city actually like locked down, mm-hmm. there was nothing open around us but our bodegas, our delis, our little grocery stores. Without those, I wouldn't have got toilet paper to wipe my eyes or yeah. milk for my daughter, you know? So yeah. we wanted to give a call back to that and show like how the community comes to a neutral spot no matter what your background is what type of culture it's a, it's a neutral place just to get goods essential goods That's right true. so that was so like, for the yeah. people out there you know because we're new yorkers so we know what bodegas are but give your definition to the people who maybe live in iowa or who live in florida or who live in texas who don't know what a bodega is tell the good people what a bodega is um, it's a corner store. Um, it's a place from for love. It's a place from home. Um, it's where you can go, even if you're upstate New York, if you're in the country. It's if you're in Tennessee, I'm gonna go back to that where my mom used to take me in the country, and their corner store was like a mile drive. But like, I can go to that store and get like three cent gum. That was like five cent in New York. And I was like, three cent gone. Why are you giving me pennies back? So it's all that, it was always that place of like traditional love. You can go to that store. Sometimes if you're in other cultures, it may be the, the flower market. It may be the fish market for you. But whatever that one home base where you find your culture, your home, your, your, your items that you can gather, that's always going to be the basis of your life yeah and and at the end of the day it's family in new york city it's completely family um they know what i drink in the morning down to like what i eat for lunch um they know if i've been out drinking if i got only a dollar in my pocket to get a a small beer versus the normal beer i get so they slightly got that insight of like knowing you without really actually having to really get to know you and they raise you slightly too like they're always that extension yeah it's the best way i can describe it the definition when we looked it up is it's basically translates to a wine cellar or a place you would store things mm-hmm. with new york city it's a place where you go for goods but it's not just the one one-stop shop you can get everything and my personal bodega i again i know the guy behind the counter, my name, my guy, Luis. That's my guy. <laughs> shout out, Luis. And shout out, Luis. People hang out in the bodega. Right. People play dice in front of the bodega. On a hot day, they're outside dominoes. playing dominoes. It, there's culture. There's music. There's food. It's a, it's a little slice of that person's background and upbringing. And in New York City, they're everywhere. I don't, I don't have one bodega. I got that bodega. I get this from. I go down the block. That's my guy, the Ock. I get my, you know, my chopped cheese from him. I go down the other spot. They got my diapers. Like, <laughs> I think there was a, a 13, I think 1,300 or maybe more bodegas just in New York, just City. In New York City. Wow. So, so, it's, it's, so it, did that tie into the, to the title, the Bodega Union? Because there's yeah. so many 
tied together and the unity that it helps bring people together with exactly mm-hmm. yeah so so the is slang for the right um, we're both from new york city we come she's from the high bridge area i'm from around queensbridge ravenswood long island city so we both grew up in used to call urban communities urban so you communities. know we want to add a little slang to the actual names that's where the duh comes from yeah. right we just um, talked about the actual the bodega, bodega. Mm-hmm. and the union came from just so many different aspects the union comes from us being unified um us unifying the community um one of the biggest things when i was coming up with the name um our llc is actually the bodega unity because like i just i was like unity union unity union uh, i'm gonna have them both mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a little hard to actually say we're use the word union without being a real union, union in new york because they're right. you know, other type of businesses but yeah the so name the name and stuck. unity stuck and um one of the biggest things before i actually started the brand when i was basically i guess building it in my brain um there's a lot of different brands and small businesses and people from new york city where like if you're outside of city you're like oh there's no way i'm gonna come here it's oversaturated but like i have met people who do lashes but like i've met like five different people that do lashes one of them is like magnetic. The other one is like the winged effect. One is really like glittery, but everybody always has what's theirs and like their spin. So I was just like, why is it that like you're over here and like you're over here? But like if I came to like your event, Denzel, and then like you came to my event, you'll see like seven other friends, you know, and you're like, wait a minute, like why are we not doing business like what, what's right. going on here like why is this not all connected because it's not like you see the same seven people but like mutually you just brought out seven people that you both knew and like now you discovered two businesses so we also wanted to be a home where it was just like if you want to collab with us like you can literally come to us as a home and we are bringing all those strings together like no hate no animosity anything that i know i'll give to you anything you know if you want to lend that information like and that's what built the community and that also stems back to the actual name we almost wanted to be like a essential place for other brands to come if they didn't have the means to market themselves whether it be stickers packaging design a platform yeah business cards or a platform to actually sell their merchandise we also reached out like that for them to come to us and be like, hey, if you don't have this platform, we'll give it to you. You know, and we, we love doing business, collaborating with different people and marketing. Like half of our, most of our journey can't, you know, be as successful without the people we've met along the way. And the journey is definitely rewarding. who you meet. It's rewarding. Yes. It's very rewarding. Right. Right. That's, and that is great. So you guys, you know, it's funny. I just thought about this. The bodegas in New York are like the one-stop shop. You go in, you can get toilet paper, diapers, juice, milk, coffee, whatever, sandwiches. You guys kind of are taking that bodega approach and applying it to other people. So they could come to you and get stickers, hats, printing, promo, all of those things. So you guys are really taking in everything. Yeah, yeah, you guys are really taking in the bodega aspect and applying it to your business. Yeah, that's exactly Mm -hmm. That's great. That's a great way to like tie it all together. So. You know, people really can understand how you guys do business and why you guys do it. it all, like, it all comes from the heart every every day. Anything we do, um, some people may call it random, but it's just, I literally wake up to opportunities on my phone. Like, people will tell me, oh, there's a community fridge. It needs help. And when I, like, if you have time this week, can you lend it? If I don't, 
I shoot it out and I'm just like, hey, anybody that can lend their time that I know is in this area, if I was to throw a party in this area, you would jump at it. So, like, let's use that same energy and, like, bring that there because I know we can. Straight up, straight up. So that piggybacks me in, in, into the next question that I have for you guys. Um, so what do you guys want to convey? What do you want your overall message to be with the Bodega Union? So mine is I just want an opportunity to try to put the Bronx on in a more positive way. That's why it's called the Bronx Bias Podcast. I want to try to break the biases that people think of when they think of the Bronx. It's always thought in a negative way. So part of my show is I try to put the message out of look at all these great things that are here. Look at all these great people that are here. And that's why I like talking to guys like you, because you guys are from here and you guys try to do things that are positive. So with you guys' business, what is the thing that you want to convey? What is the overall message that you want to put out about the Bodega Union? We'll start with Jess first and then Ian. So funniest thing that you said about our positive light that's actually literally aligned with us um one of my biggest things is i kind of thought about it where i was like oh we could put the bronx on the map but then i was like the bronx is really already on the map <laughs> so when i thought about it as a whole i was like i love new york city and the different parts of it is just like the bronx got its this grittiness to it you got manhattan but then if you think about manhattan you can break it down to like washington heights you could kind of break it down to like the middle then you got central park that's just you know rats and tourists um <laughs> Uh, anybody who's not from New York City, it's a wonderful place to go, though. <laughs> but um, we always wanted to bring it in a positive light. A lot of my photography, um, it kind of hones back to that. Like, a lot of my photography actually did the opposite. I always made New York City very gritty, very dark in my photography. And when I looked back on it, I was like, I don't really take a 94 sunny day and turn it into, <laughs> it looks like it's cloudy and, like, gothamy. So when I thought about that, I was like, this is how people really perceive the city sometimes, because this is what's being put out there. Like, it's gritty. It's it's full of garbage. It's hot. It's, the people are not that nice. And then I'm like, it's actually not like that at all. The people are approachable. You you can have probably the best time of your life in a matter of 12 hours in New York City. Um, even if you come and visit it. Like, Ian could have a 12-hour day that I wouldn't even necessarily have, and we could be a block away from each other. Right. So it's just so much that also when I left New York City, when I went into Long Island, when I went up to upstate New York, when I went into Tennessee, Cali, people would literally look at, like, my clothes and be like, oh, that's really awesome. Like, that's a really cool thing. I would walk around the Bronx, and, like, people would stare at my sneakers and be like, yo, what are those? Like, <laughs> hit me with one of those. Like, so it was just different when I went other places where I was like, oh, people love this style, actually. So, like, let's bring it to a different stage. So that's that's kind of where that idea was like, we have to bring it to a positive light. So I'm always finding people that's always so eager. That's like, oh, we're down for this. How so, Ian, same question. What what is some what is the overall message that you guys what you want to put out with the Bodega Union? Well, I can't speak about our message without bringing up our core values that are like the foundation of why we do this. Again, right. our community is number one. It's the people around us. And going back to what she said, we want things to be viewed in a positive light. You know, there's, there's shadow, there's darks, there's good and bad in, every, in everything. I feel like there's a lot more bad 
associated when it comes to the inner cities and the outer boroughs, especially like the Bronx, Brooklyn, you know, everybody sees the glitz and glamour of Manhattan and downtown Brooklyn and everything, but we want to show them uh, the better side. And going back to our values, community, home, again, representation of who we are is, a, is very key. Um, accessibility, also, we want, again, going back to people that don't have platforms, we are a platform, are that, they the platform that they can use, you know, and yeah, those are our main ones, okay. home, community, and unity, home, yeah. community, unity, and accessibility. That's great. And I just want people to, to open their eyes and, and, and see the beauty behind all of this, you know, that, that's, what it's, that's what it's really about. And it's been awesome for me, again, being a father and having uh, my job really takes up majority of, of my time. And this little outlet was awesome for me because I, I have a graphic design background. Like I went to FIT and sometimes work and fatherly duties just take up all your time. And my creativity was, I, I barely touched it. And then having this come back in my life, is, it's been awesome. And it's positive towards me mentally and with my actual you know, relationship as well. So yeah, just yes. trying to be in a positive way for the culture as yes. well. It's yes, it's brought a different light to our, our relationship. Mm -hmm. um, as many people don't know, after having a kid, sometimes it can be rough. You are raising a person that does not speak. <laughs> rough is a nice word. Yeah, rough Jeez. is a nice word. Like <laughs> you're losing your mind. Pa parenting, half the time. parenting is not easy. <laughs> and trying to keep parenting up and trying to keep your relationship up. Hey, there's definitely some days where you're just like, I don't. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to wake up and put in that much effort. Yeah. But there's other days where you also wake up and you just stand there and look around and you're like, you know what? My family is really, really happy. And like the things that I'm putting forward is really just like, ah, we can deal with it. So having the business building together, like we built as parents, we built as ourselves, but like it was something where it was like, we really had to sit down and be like, what talents do we individually have that we could bring together that's going to like help help everything and in a positive way our community and again this is also all for our daughter as well yeah everything yeah. is for our daughter um just so she can have a different type of life um we love new york city but yeah our community is what molded us into who we are right but Every culture should want, every generation should want to do, want better, to do better for the, for next, the next, you know? And so. that's why we're going to build that. And exactly. while we're building for our child, we want to build for our community too. So it's just like if once she's older and she could bring the same thing back to the same community or enrich another new community herself. And that's what we would love. We would love that growing aspect of just to keep going. Right, right. And, and so do you guys think that the Bodega Union has strengthened you not only in business, but it strengthened you as people, strengthened you as parents, strengthened mm -hmm. you as as a couple as well. All of that, just starting this creation, just as a creative outlet, just to be like, okay, I want to express myself in a different way or show something different. In turn, it has made you a better mother and father, made you a better couple, mm -hmm. made you like all of those things. Because we had to break and, down uh, our everyday life yeah. differently and also... We're we're friends besides yeah, we're like, besides we're, mates, we're but we had yeah, but we had to switch our mind state into a business aspect. It's 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 very hard. It's not easy. No. You know, we still go back and forth sometimes, but we had to learn how to switch that, and that has also helped us 
change our mind state towards different things in life. You know, different right. different experiences help you right. in different um, ways. You guys, you guys kind of like got like you guys are like kind of in my head because everything you're saying like leads right into the next question. Mm -hmm. The next question that I have for you is. What are some of the shortcomings and the pitfalls that you guys had to try and overcome when you started? So you were already getting into it. Yeah. Like for me, it was just, all right, I'm going to be talking on a microphone and I'm going to put it on the internet. What if people hate it? What if nobody likes the way that I sound? What if people think that this trash? What if people don't have anything nice to say? You know, what if people just don't listen and each week I'm putting one out and has zero, 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 zero. That was the hardest thing for me in the beginning. But then it was just like, yo, I got nothing but time. This is something I always wanted to do. Exactly. And I've already tried the corporate route. It didn't work well for me. So why not do this? So for you guys, and you were already getting into it, Ian, what were some of the hardest things that you guys had to overcome when you first started? Well, when, when it first started, it was really Jessica's baby. She was using her photography, networking with different people, trying to basically... Throw, throw the dice and see how it rolls, you know, seeing where, where this could really go. And when I in, interjected into the business, she wanted help in doing certain things like designing and everything. And it was a wake up call for me because I haven't really done design or played in like the art stuff in a while. It was like, I'm not gonna lie. It was again, I said it was therapeutic because a little semi depressing that I haven't done anything in art. So it was like a like a wound a scab like every time i started i was like i i lost almost confidence in myself you know so it was yeah. it was hard to really start it back up the like the initial push but once i got on the bike and started pedaling i was like i remember how to do this you know just looked up a few videos found like my old um huge bag like my sketching bag with all my pens pads opened it up, dusted it off. And like, I was like, wow. And just started reminiscing about old things. And I was like, the confidence to do this is there still. I just had to, had to start. And then once the ball started rolling, it was like, all right, now it has to be consistent. You know, you can't procrastinate. The more you put into it, the better outcome you will have. So that's just me personally, some of the shortcomings and trying to take away the friendship aspect and my relationship aspect with her and strictly focus on business. Right. I had to almost treat her like a client in certain aspects. Like I would do certain things and she'd be like, I don't like that. And I can't spaz on her like, oh, why don't you like that? I had to remember like, no, this is, she's my, you know, my missus, my, but I have to think of her almost as a business partner at the same time. So right. that was very that, hard. That was very, I would say that probably was the biggest complicated because yeah. like i'm more from the corporate side of things so i'm used to the structure of like all right this is a project we hit a whiteboard these are the steps we leave the meeting and go <laughs> so him being from the restaurant industry and everything like it was so opposite that i knew he had it in him because like i would go to his job and i'm like oh you're such a great worker but like i never took that part of like Oh, you have no idea what a corporate meeting looks like at all. <laughs> so, like, I literally would like we'd be like, okay, cool, these are ideas, and I would open up my computer and I'd be like, here's Photoshop. Like, I bought everything. <laughs> it was almost like going to Home Depot, buying all the tools to build a house, dropping them on the lawn. It was like, all right, cool, build a house. I'll call you in like two weeks. See you later. <laughs> and it came back two weeks later. I was like, why is the tool still sitting on the lawn, man? <laughs> and that was kind of like the harder part. It was like 
but we went over this. Like, literally those words, but we went over this. And he would just blankly like, uh-huh. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> and I was like, uh... Like, we, re- I want to say there was, like, literally a two-week period where I was like, we have to kick this out. And it was, like, a video we were trying to do. I did, I guess, the photography for it. And all I needed him was to, like, put it together. And, like, for two Editing weeks... Editing is hard, yo. Editing <laughs> takes a long time. People don't it know. Does. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, like, when I'm sitting there doing it at, like, 2, 3 in the morning, like, aimlessly, and, like, I'm just like, why are you not doing it? Like, for two weeks, I was like, why are you not doing it? Like, what's, what's happening? So, like, I was literally cutting clips and, like, placing them on the computer. So, like, he couldn't click on things. <laughs> it was like, well, if you click on this clip... Like, you have to actually edit this. <laughs> like, you can't click on, like, Safari. I'm going to, like, put the clip right over it. So you can't click on the internet. <laughs> so it was, like, little different things of, like, finally getting over, like, yo, why are you fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, like, once we both was, like, what's what's wrong with us? Like, what what is wrong with us? Like, why are we so goofy? And we kind of, like, broke that ice of, like, you know what? Let's just be goofy with it. Like, it's going to be all right. And, like, once that happened, everything just slowed. Um, but I would say one of my shortcomings would literally be trying to take a corporate aspect when I didn't want to think in a corporate aspect because I was home and try and teach it to the person I'm always really developing. But then I was like, I don't I don't like people. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to sit in a meeting. I want to just send you an email. <laughs> So it was just really that different aspect of just changing that mindset of like, wow, this is this is what entry level people actually have to go through when you're not an entry level person like anymore, you know. Mm. So the, the patience that really came with me of learning a different side of my partner, learning a different side of my best friend, learning a different side to like how to parent together and, and build that business. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, a learning balancing act. Um, I would you say know? another shortcoming is when it came down to friendships. Um, I guess you could, I guess I got like in the mindset, like we grew up in a generation where pyramid schemes were a thing. Mm-hmm. So one of my shortcomings is like, okay, I'm starting a business. I want to get people on board. Oh no, half of my college friends are going to think I'm calling them because I want them a part of like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Like none of them are going to pick up my calls. Um, and like, I've kind of been down this road because I was part of one of these things. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man. So I would say, like, one of my shortcomings was just being scared that no one would pick up my phone calls. <laughs> Not even, like, you wouldn't like the design. I'm like, damn, no one's going to, like, no one's going to answer me. No one's going to want to be my friend anymore. They're going to think that I'm always trying to sell them something. <laughs> And like it actually turned out not to be like that. There'll yeah, be times once they found the actual ideals behind yeah. what we were doing. A lot of people are like, "Oh my god, this is awesome! You guys are, you guys are so cool!" And just it's initially getting that intrigue. Like, hey, let me let me talk to you about something. How do you feel about this? Or you know, it's yeah. trying to pitch it. And also, we are we don't know how to do this per se. It was all it was just hey, let's let's are. try this. You know, so it's we don't have the experience so it's it was nerve-wracking and yeah you know we have anxiety behind certain things when we started but again we just had to get a jump in, um, jump in the water we have to that kind of leads into one of my stories um our halloween party i don't know if you ever seen that the halloween badge 
we, me personally, I like to go to different events in New York City. So I was like, well, I could throw one. And what I decided to do was like, all right, well, I don't know how much to charge. So how much money we make from this party, we'll just, we'll just donate it. Like, I know we're not going to need it. But then the question came up was like, well, what if no one attends the party? Then we'll have nothing to donate. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. So for like three months, I'm planning this whole party. And I'm just like, oh, God, I have to have people show up. Like at least five people have to show up. So this doesn't look as bad. And we had like about 80 people. But it was during COVID. So we had enough people to space them out. I was nervous because I'm like, oh, my God, it's during COVID. Like, how am I going to have this much space? But we had, um, I guess you could say a brownstone. Mm -hmm. And we had all the floors. We had the full section. You can space yourself out. We had space heaters. And it wasn't like a rowdy party. It was Halloween. So everyone came in masks and costumes. So, like, I never had to tell somebody to put a mask on because it was already already Halloween. (laughs) It was already Halloween. And it was just so joyful at that moment. And then once we told, because I don't think we started, we actually never told people we were going to donate the profits. Once we were done with the party and we're like, okay, cool. This is how much profit we make and we're going to donate it. It really turned a lot of people's heads and was like, wait a minute, you're going to do what with the money? And literally I had friends tell me you're out of your mind. Like, do you understand the world you're living in right now? And you're going to just hand that money away? Like, are you crazy? And I was like, yeah. 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 You're, I'm crazy. We view, I view, always viewed it as we were investing back into ourselves. Right. We I was helping, thinking it's we like we're helping investing our back community. in our community because our community yeah. came out for us. Exactly. You know? Right. I have, a, I have a piggy a question to piggyback off what you said. So I had dealt with sort of the same thing, building confidence. So for me, I swear, maybe took, I was doing, I was like on episode maybe like 36 before I truly felt comfortable doing the pod each week. So it took me that long just to feel comfortable enough where I felt like I could do it in my sleep kind of. So for you guys, when you started, how long approximately did it take for you guys to be like, okay, we got this now. Like how long approximately was that process for you? And I'm asking because when young people reach out to me and they say, man, you know, I, I can't do this, man. I'm so nervous or I'm so anxious or, you know, they don't want to give themselves enough time and space to grow. I want to hear from you guys. How long did it take approximately for you guys? Well, the, the business really started to take its mold. I want to say... Like April, That's March. Like April. Once we came up on like our one year anniversary relief form for us. No, okay. Well, let me let me talk about this because I was okay. stemming on something else. Like we once we initially started, it was really just us making patches and small little custom items, and us two just going outside with a camera, just taking photos of each other. You know, trying to market ourselves, and then our first event we really did was a spontaneous pop-up shop one of uh jessica sorority sisters knew someone else and they was like oh we need like another vendor for this event somebody dropped out and she was like oh one of my sisters just randomly started a brand let me contact her and, and you know see see how this goes so within maybe a week or two we ordered a whole bunch of stuff from our website that we've made 
and we made personal handmade pieces and we had our first pop-up shop. And that was the first time we really interacted with complete strangers and just tried to pitch them our ideas and our core values and why we're doing this. And just seeing people actually not buying in, but like, okay, I understand what you guys are doing and purchasing our merch. That was the point when I was like, okay, we can do this. This is, this is, this is dope. It wasn't just us posting stuff or having a store. We were physically interacting with people and networking with people. And it was, that was when I personally could say, it. I was like, okay, we can do this. We have the confidence. Me personally, you, you want to know mine? <laughs> I'm shaking in my boots every single time still. <laughs> I I may put on a brave face and look great and say all the great words, but like deep down, I got to take my Apple watch off because that thing is alerting me to breathe every two minutes. <laughs> that thing is like, your heart rate is abnormal. You should probably stop whatever activity you were doing. Oh, talking? Okay. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I was thir- I was like, I swear, it was like 35 weeks straight. I would do the pod every week and I was still nervous every single time. And it's only me. Mm-hmm. So I was like still in my head about it. I would still be sweating. I would have to take breaks. And it was just like, I, but I need to keep going so that I can continue to feel more comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable because we're all new in this. This we're is all new with for this. all of us. I, w- I want to say a good quote. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan. But I am. I'm I am. I'm more. I'm more on the Kobe other side of the fence. Oh, but I God. think, I think one of his best states, um, well, quotes I've ever heard. I think he said was, "Put yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable more. Try to get comfortable in the uncomfortable zone, and you will grow so much." So that's what. That's where we've been trying to go. It's gonna be scary. You're gonna. Your hands gonna be shaking. You know. Palms are sweaty, knees weak. But <laughs> if you're not in that state or in that zone, if you don't take the shot, you you know there's another another quote. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Facts. So you gotta you have to try. Facts. Straight up. And of course, of course, my guy came through with the <laughs> fire jewel. This is my guy, LeBron. What? All right, we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, like, about I, that. Oh, I'm a huge we're, Lakers. We're fan. huge sports fans. We're we can talk sports, sports for hours. We can talk sports we for hours. Might come back another time for that one. We'll, we'll yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll do our own little ESPN. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get you on that one. That's our lullaby. That is that's what we actually <laughs> we, go live. We, we gotta we gotta we see do. the top ten and like, all right, I'm time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. All right, all right we go. Yeah. Um um what was I would say what would be an odd thing to us? Um, it was really weird when I guess our brand started getting traction with other brands and people would literally just start giving us stuff. And I'm just like, um, what do I do? Like, what, what do I do? With this? <laughs> like, I knew what to do with it. It was like, all right, well, I put the shirt on and I wear it. But then it felt even better when like they would give it to me. I would put the shirt on and give them a shout out and everything. And some of my friends was again like, "Are you crazy? Like, why would you do all of that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's, it's all about it's all about networking. Wait, it's all about networking." Wait, and like as we kept just being ourselves, people did the same thing. Like, we had one one of our followers down in Florida didn't even know. Um, I think it was like in the height of one of our events. She like purchased a bunch of merch, and I at that time it was a crazy time because it was like me me doing the normal store. And then me doing events. So it was just like, 
just craziness on my phone. So when she purchased everything, I just like built the order, sent it out, really didn't pay much like attention to it like I normally would. This was probably one of our best orders ever. So we sent down like a bunch of stickers and everything because again, I felt like I wasn't a tentative. So I was like, here's just a bunch of stickers. Like have fun. She took all the stickers, sent it to all her friends. One of her friends came up for one of our other events from Miami, Florida. Two months passes by and she's like, hey, we haven't heard anything from you guys. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what's going on? Mind you, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking I'm meeting a brand new person. This person has literally became our own brand ambassador down in Miami, Florida. And I didn't even know. Wow. Sends us this whole like, oh, I did a spread and what we call our bodega. Here's what it looks like down here for us. This is what we use. Um, I'm going to go on my show. I'm going to like kind of discuss what a bodega is and all that. Our following started in Miami. And I was like, wow, that's. It, that was one of our like surprise stories. I was like, wow, like it can start off of just someone just loving who you are, loving your energy, going to your website, like loving the sticker. And like our whole following in Miami started from one person loving it that much. Wow, that's great. Now, my next question for you is then because you guys have your own experience in your corporate world and then now you have it in your own business, right? So you guys worked your corporate jobs your nine to five jobs, but now you guys are taking the time and being entrepreneurs. So what advice would you give to a young person who came out to, who came and said, Hey, you know, I want to start my own thing. I want to start my own business. I want to start my own creation. I want to start my own movement. What are, what is the best piece of advice you can give to them? Um, maybe based off your own experience or something that you just learned along the way. Um, I usually, I have a lot of youth that's usually mentoring under me anyway. Um, the first thing I always tell them is, don't give up on your dreams, even if it's tough, even if it's like the hardest thing you think you could do, even if you don't think that no one else believes in you, you got to believe in yourself. Like no one else can love you before you love yourself. So always start there. Um, second off, always surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to keep you in the same mindset. If you outgrow a situation if you outgrow people, it is okay as long as it is from, like, positive growth. And it's okay to start over. It's okay to start over. Um, there's definitely been times during this brand where, like, I've gotten 95% through a project and we're like, I'll just trash this. This ain't coming out. And it's just okay to start over. Um, and as long as you know those, those right there, it'll take you far. All right, Ian, what uh, what is some a great piece of advice that you would give to a young person who was like, hey, I want to start my own thing. What what can you tell them? I would I would probably just say stay confident, know what you want. Plan, you have to plan and going back to, like to my art roots, I think they say measure two or three times before you cut once. Lay, lay a plan out, write out your goals short term and long term see what's actually attainable and even if it's not attainable how and what can you do to make that possible you know plan and just know how to balance your everyday life with your ambitions right. you can't put too much time into everything you like because you, you know it has to be balanced to everything mm -hmm. like going back to my life i have to do a design and then i have to go to work i have to cook food 
I got I to worry a little bit time for myself, but you, you got you to have balance, but you have to, you have to try. If you don't try, you won't, you won't succeed. Right. Right. And, and like you said before, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. If you guys never really just say, all right, we're going to do this. You guys would never meet all these people you've met. You guys wouldn't have the influence that you have in other states. And it's all because you guys came together, you stuck to the plan, you created a plan, and you maintained the confidence. And that is hopefully what I like to try to do with people, like the people who come and reach out to me and stuff. I always just try to say the same thing. And I'm glad you guys have the same sort of mentality as it relates to this. So my next question that I have for you guys is, who are some role models in this space, if any? Like, do you guys have any people, given that you guys are in the fashion world, that you guys have seen or been impacted by what they do and who they are? Have, do you guys have any people that you guys looked up to or have had people been inspired by in your in your career doing this? Um, me personally, uh, there's many different like backgrounds and like celebrities and people you see that you can say are role models. But honestly, my role models come from my family and the, mm -hmm. like the people I'm around. You know, I want to do better for myself to bring to bring up the people around me, you know, my my sister, my younger brothers, my grandmother, who's 97 now that raised me. Ooh. Like my role models are the people that are, you know, that have impacted my life the most. That's me personally. Um, I would say the hip hop culture. A lot of the hip hop culture has been my role model. A lot of the music industry. Um, I live my life by music, so that's just a huge thing. Um, that I really think is just a part of how everything just came together from me being a kid. Like I can remember back as early on that like music was always a part of my life. Of course you're from the Bronx. Yeah, but right. it's not just, <laughs> just hip hop. Like it's like so much. That's the diverse. one thing about Bronx heads. Y'all love y'all hip hop. Love man. our hip hop. That's what we do. <laughs> birthplace. Okay. Birthplace. And it used to I guess it used to be cooler when I was younger, you know, it was a little rougher. So it lost its like roughness, as I love to call it. I was born and raised here. I don't know. My my section lost a little bit of its roughness, but I'm not asking for it to come back. <laughs> <laughs> pretty but it's pretty livable right now. Right. We take the good with the bad. With the good right. Like we need, we need a little bit of both. The thing I think that is great about you guys' brand is because you guys come from this the the neighborhood the way it was you guys can sort of keep that alive. I have a lot right? of the tradition of it. Yeah. The gentrification will come in and that's just what's happening what's right now. Happen, but yeah. You guys can keep the old nostalgia. You guys can keep the traditions that you guys grew up on and give it to the 15 year old kids who don't know nothing about it. The 17 year old kids who don't know anything about it. You guys can do that for them. Yeah. And uh, we love doing that. We love doing that. Yeah. Um, until you hit me with like who's big in your pocket, and you know I, I may I'm, I may have like a stroke over here real quick. My next question that I have for you guys is, um, what keeps you motivated in this space? For me, is the biggest thing is the people, the people who I get to talk to, the people who I get to meet. I've met more people in a time of COVID where no one can be outside than I've met in my entire <laughs> life, which is the craziest thing in the world to me. How is it that I'm meeting more people when I'm have to stay in the house? Than when I was able to go out. Yep. So having the opportunity to meet people like you, to talk to different people, to have young people want to talk to me or just get things from my head, like ideas, 
that's like the biggest motivation for me. So for you guys, what is the one of the biggest motivations in this space for you? Um, my child. My child is the biggest motivation. Um, it gives her something to really look up to. Um, that's 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 really my day in and day out. Um, that's where it started. When I thought about it, when COVID started, I was like, you know, if this ever, if and please don't make it, if this ever is a thing that comes a part of our culture, like COVID culture, she'll always know, like in the beginning, her parents really took the step forward to always help. And like, that'll always be a part of her. So I always put that forward. There's sometimes where like, there's nights where I want to give up on projects and I, I just look at her sleeping and I'm like, she wouldn't give up on me. She wouldn't give up on the world. I, I can't give up on her. And I just keep it moving. That's my motivation. I'll, I'll second that as well. Definitely my family is a big motivation. Oh, so you're going to just steal my but motivation? I, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I, I, can't, I can't double down on it. <laughs> but besides that, um, it, there's like a the best way I can describe it is like a little bit of like a high that I, that I personally feel walking around with my own brand on. There's no better feeling than somebody stopping me in the street and going, yo, I really like that. Yo, where, where'd you get that? Like, I'm like, you're looking at them. I, I made this and taking out one of my business cards or passing them by social media and just seeing that expression. Like, really? Like that is such a good feeling. Just being able to market and, talk about yourself in a positive light is it's a feeling I don't want to stop honestly and it's, it feels good meeting new people and just having more confidence in myself so yeah. that's my it's good to flex on them it's yes. good to flex every now and then <laughs> let them know, let them know. Yo, this is me that you want to know where is this is me, this is me. I got on right me. now <laughs> I'm wearing me yes that but that is like when, when we realize these things about us, because I feel like, you know, when we go to school and stuff, go to high school, college, like they don't really teach us how to do the things for ourselves. They teach us how to work for others. Mm -hmm. So now, like we get into this point of realization, like, yo, I'm talented in whatever area that I'm in. I'm talented and I should want to try and ma manifest a creation from myself. I should want to work for myself. I should want to be self-sufficient or even just express myself beyond the constraints of the nine to five grind. When you go to yes. work, you have to wear a uniform. You have to be at a certain time. You have to go to these meetings. You have to do all these things for them. But what do you do for you? you. What, is, what is the thing that you get enrichment from personally? You know, where does that come from? And I think that more and more people, I look on the gram and I see everybody got a business everybody's doing something and it's just like yes this is this is what we should have been doing yeah this yes. is something that we all could benefit from you know somebody does makeup well, i don't wear makeup but i could have you on the show and you could talk about it and maybe somebody listening say oh wow okay i want to get that makeup I like i want to get that shirt i want to get that hoodie like so i just love the fact that we all are now in a space where we're just doing for ourselves, collaborating with each other and being positive and bringing the positivity to where we're from. Definitely. 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 So uh, my last one of the serious questions that I have for you is how can we leave a path for the future generation of creators? My thing is always just to make sure I make time for them. If someone reaches out to me, I want to make time for them. 
You could come and you could talk to me on Zoom. We could send some texts. We could email around. I just want to make time for you and give you all the game that I have learned myself. Someone comes to me and wants to know about Podden. I want to be able to really tell them, okay, I got this type of mic. I got this computer. I got this software. Just so I could give the game away. That's the biggest thing for me. Giving the game away. I can't take it with me. I'm only on this planet for a short amount of time. So I can't take Mm -hmm. all this with me. I want to give it away. So in your opinion, um, how can we leave a path for the future generation of creators? I personally would go back to networking and just we collab with so many different people from we've done music artists, bakers, chefs, people who just wanted packaging designs for some type of paraphernalia, but just networking and having the avenue for people to express themselves like they again people need it and some people don't have the platform so with us again helping out it it helps the culture it helps people grow you know that's the best way i can describe it um i'm gonna go a little different i'm gonna say to move forward you always have to break the norm you always have to break the norm because the future is never going to be what it is currently so if you continuously break the norm and you're the one that's setting the standard, then you're the one building the future. So that's where that's where I'm going to go. Oh, and then both are good ways to look at it, because remember how we grew up, how many things were different? Like the phone was not as advanced when we were kids. No First off, we could touch a screen like we we the and the world changes so fast you don't even realize how fast the world changes changes. so if you get stuck in the past and you can't adapt and grow with the times and like you said ian when you go out and you meeting people and you talking to people and you making connections that's how you really get real support that's how you get real love when people see like yo these are dope people and they got their own like mission statement they got their own core values and this is something i can easily see myself being a part of and that is like the the future that I'm like that I'm seeing, the unity between people. It used to be like you doing your own thing, and if someone kind of come up behind you, oh, they trying to bite me. They trying to bite me. They trying to take food. They trying to take food out my mouth. But now it's like I seeing, nah, like people are so open with it. Yo, I'll, I'll, if you want to learn how to do this, I could teach you. I can teach you how to do it. If you wanna, if you wanna come on the show, let's come and we let's talk. Right. Let's go on Instagram live together. Let's do whatever we can. And that is like the future that I'm really enjoying watching. And hopefully the young kids are thinking the same thing when they in high school. You know, I wish I started a podcast in high school. But now the kids could be sitting at the lunch table and think of a podcast and do it like in their free time and just have the future set up for them. Technology is so crazy now with kids. Social media. Yo, these kids know how to use. This phone and this computer better than, better than anything. You'd be looking at three-year-old kids working iPads like they work for Apple. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, yo, what? A two-year-old daughter knows how to use an iPad already. Yep. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So if we take the mindset of let's be unified, let's do things together, and already they have the advantage of knowing all the technology from birth, it's no limit to where we could go. It's no yeah. limit. Yeah. I completely agree. I completely agree. All right, all right. So now we're gonna have a little fun. Uh, move, we, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. And one thing I do on every show that I have is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. 
It's a way to keep them involved. It's a way to keep them, you know, want to keep listening. If you guys send me a question, I will answer. I won't ignore you. And it's a great way to just break up, you know, sort of the single toneness of the show, right? It's a great way to just interject some fun into the show. So I would like for you, I'm going to have you guys answer some of the questions that I have received from the listeners that they want to know about you guys. The first one that I have from the listeners is, and we'll start with Jess with this one. What recent experience has made you feel old? Feel, what was the last word? Old. Old. Oh, God. I got a lot of those. Um, I'll probably pick yesterday. So last night, <laughs> last night, we, uh, I decided to get into a spontaneous date idea. Um, our kid is away on vacation with the family, so... I booked us some tickets so we can get on a boat last night and have a nice little sail on the water or whatever. So, like, we're standing there. We're chilling. We're smoking or whatever. And we're, we're just chill. That's just who we are. So, like, these two guys walk up to us, and we're thinking, okay, they're probably, like, our age or whatever. And one of their one of them is, like, their birthday. And I'm like, oh, how old are you? And he's like, oh, I'm, like, 23, going on, like, 24. And I was like, oh, God. I was like, I remember those oh, years. Oh, God, I remember those years. <laughs> the uh, good old days. The good old days. And I was like, oh, man. And, like, half of me wanted to keep staring at the water, and then the other half of me was like, I don't want to reflect on my life right now. <laughs> that that would probably be the most recent thing that's happened to me uh, last night. <laughs> All right, Ian, what recent experience has made you feel old? Uh, let's see. Um... When you talk about old, I'm a, I'll throw my age out there. I'm 31 years young, all right, born in 1990. What makes me feel old, I believe? You not finding your glasses? In the me way? not finding my glasses, yeah. I wake, I, up, I wake up and my bones crack, you know, I stretch. Beside, but um, I would have to say the music industry slightly. Like, I've, I was, I'm always big in hip-hop, but I'm more like an old-school I love like Eminem, Busta Rhymes, Ludacris, DMX, and their the genre of hip hop is changed a lot. So okay. listening to the artists and the music that comes up now, and I feel like the the lyrics and the substance isn't up to par what I listen to. That's what makes me feel oh, when people are going crazy over these new little whatever your name is little whatever and i'm like this is not not what i grew up on right. that's when i start to feel old like i remember my uncles and people from different generations like oh back in my time luther vandross yeah. and and these <laughs> the, the the furious three and all these people and i'm like y'all are so old and the tables had turned and I'm the guy saying, oh, back in my day. Back in my day, we so, had all these legends. Like, what are y'all doing? See, yeah, yes. see, seeing the, my music artists and my sports athletes, like, retire. And just yeah. seeing these new generations come up is like, wow. Like, watching a first-round draft pick playing the NBA. And I'm like, this kid is, like, 17 years old with full <laughs> facial hair. And I'm like, god damn. Yes. <laughs> you know? So I had... Like, I had the same experience that you had, Ian. So I was talking to somebody, a young person about Outcast, and I said, shake it like a Polaroid picture. picture. 
and they didn't even know what a Polaroid was, <laughs> much less Outcast. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, a Polaroid picture, maybe not, because you got your phone, you take pictures on with the phone. Right, I understand right. that. That might be a little too for you, but you don't know who Outcast is. You don't know Andre three thousand and Big Boy. What? Like, and then I had to like think in my head, like, yo, this person's like nineteen. No, nope. in two thousand and four, you don't even like think about where they were. They didn't hear that song. They, they don't song. know about don't know what those people are. They don't know about the hit outcast. They don't know about players ball and all that. Mm. You, they don't know. Or wait, I got know. a funnier story. So. I went out one night and I was in the spot and, you know, they're playing Megan Thee Stallion and all this twerk music or whatever. The DJ throws on Bootylicious. Yeah. Everybody in the room that was, I, I want to say, like, not born in, like, 1999 just just stopped. They just was like, huh? Like, what is this? What is this? And I was like, it's Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Like, I had to explain the track and they were like bootylicious and i was like do you really want me to explain this like <laughs> i was so lost like it made me undrunk having to explain it <laughs> I was like, you, you're making me sober what is happening here like i shouldn't be in this scenario <laughs> they they weren't ready for that jelly that's all you could that's, wasn't that's they weren't the ready for the wasn't jelly, ready for the jelly. they wasn't ready i was like before you had megan we had bootylicious yes but that's like that's kind of cool to me like I like to keep young people sort of at least speaking to them kind of. So right. it's like, I don't lose the, I don't lose the connection like to what's going on. Cause they're really connected to what's going on right now. They know about the new artists before they even drop their singles. Before they even drop the music. Yeah. They know about all of it. So it's like good to like stay connected, even though you just be like, some of this be really trash, mm. but it's just good to like stay connected to the new ideas and the new faces. Like just so you don't, you're not in your room listening to Ludacris all day, you know, <laughs> or you're not in your room, you know, listening to old, you know, old stuff, Drake's first album all day, you know, so right. far gone, you know, you want to stay sort of, you want to stay sort of abreast of what's going on. Like, you know, so it's good. It's good to keep them around. Yeah, I would say probably like uh, when Vlone came out, I was mm -hmm. I was surprised because I was still in Supreme Land over there. I was like, I only know about Supreme. What's Vlone? Like, what, right. what is this? So, so it was, was, was yeah. kind of cool keeping people around because without that, like starting a fashion brand, I can't walk around and be like, yo, what's Vallone? People look at me like, yo, what, what type of, what are you doing over here? <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's, it's good to like, just keep them around you just so even you could like, oh, yo, what's popping right now? What's, what's this, what's the going on? Or why are people wearing this like this now? And they could just explain it to you. Like, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Because, okay. you know, we had our own style that the older generation was like, this is trash. This and then he was like, right. like nah, we this is what trash. everybody wearing right now. So now yeah. for us, we need that same. We need that same connection. Our generation was just wearing all types of three XL. No, let's not go back. Let's not. Please don't. Woo! Let's not go back to that. Four X white T from Foot Locker. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my God. The, uh, the jeans were so baggy. They covered your entire shoe. Your entire yeah. shoe. Like, you, it looked like you was in capris, but you was in shorts. In shorts. <laughs> you either tied your jeans to the front of your Air Force Ones or you put a thumbtack in the thumbtack back. Thumbtack in the back, right. One like... of the two. Yes. Yes. Yo, that's like, that's us right there. That's yeah. our time. <laughs> that's our time. Laffy Taffy was out. We was doing the lean with it, rock with it. Ah, good Remember time. that? Uh -huh. yeah. When dances were simple. I can't even pop lock and drop it no more. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you, you might not get up.
I'm gonna pop. It's gonna lock, and gonna, I'm gonna drop. And you gonna drop? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that song probably came about. <laughs> All right. So my next question from the listeners for you guys is: If you had intro music, what song would it be? What song would you want to? When you can announce yourself or think of yourself coming down the ring like a wrestler or boxer, <laughs> what is the music that you want to play when you intro yourself into the building? I want the John Cena theme song, like all the way, like from the moment, the day that I heard that, I, it wasn't even about John Cena. Like you could just cue that, and I'm walking into a room. Like, <laughs> let's go! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Fireworks, just hi, yes. I have arrived. I have yes. arrived. If it's not that, it's the Triple H intro song. I've always wanted to enter a room on the Triple H in, like intro song. It was originally the Undertaker one, but I thought that would be a little too scary for yeah. a 411 person just to enter the room with the Undertaker. Like, you would think I'm coming for your soul. So I would always be like, nah, John Cena, just I'm here. I've arrived. Speaking of Triple H, remember when we were in school and you tried to do the DX thing and everyone would get in trouble? Go to the yeah. first time. So I got my ass beat so bad. I still remember that to this day for doing that. And like, but it makes me also think like we could walk around and do that. But like the amount of cancel culture that goes on these days, you can you imagine that being a thing? Oh my but Jesus, parents would lose it these days. Oh, yeah. Like parents done. really didn't care that we were watching this when we grew up and they would watch it with us on pay-per-view. Yeah. That would be the craziest thing. And that was just like what? Shout out to wrestling, man. Wrestling was great back in the oh, day. Oh, it was and the story was just actually a story. Like it was it was believable for its time. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, okay, we, we have to go along with this, Reddit. All right. If you're getting paid, I'm not arguing it. Right. Hey, get your money. Get your money. Get your kid. money. It ain't mine. <laughs> All right, Ian. If you had intro music, what song would you choose? I would have to go with one of my favorite artists from where I grew up in Queens, Nas. Mm-hmm. I would go wait if I ruled the world. Ooh, it's a classic. Good. It's it's heavy hip hop. You have wonderful vocals, vocals. You know, by my Miss Erica Badu. <laughs> no, that's Lauren. That's Lauren. That's Lauren Hill. That's Lauren. Yeah. Lauren Hill. I'm bugging. But again, just classic hip hop. A born and raised in Queens. It's a callback to like what molded me as a kid that area. So I would have to go with Nas. Yeah. All right, that's great. If mine easily, it's the easiest one ever. DMX up in here. That's it. Wow. Imagine yourself coming into like if you was a fighter or UFC fighter or boxer, and that comes on, you just walking in. People know, oh man, this guy could fight. Yo, this guy is really about his business. Like even if he can't, he gonna fight. Right, he gonna try. He gonna try his hardest. Even if he get whooped, he gonna try. Yes. Shout out to DMX. Rest in peace. Shout out to Nas. Shout out to John Cena, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Back in the good old days of wrestling. And my last question that I have for you guys from the listeners is, what fictional place would you most like to go? If a fictional place from TV, movies, books, wherever was real, where is the place that you guys would most like to go? Would you like to start on me? 
Well, before COVID, I wanted The Walking Dead. You on your own with that one? Exactly, <laughs> I know. Um, but now that we're in COVID, um, I kind of want like Willy Wonka, like the Willy Wonka factory. Okay. I wouldn't mind that one because we're in bizarre times anyway. <laughs> but yeah, now nah, before COVID, I honestly wanted The Walking Dead. Like I wanted to be in The Walking Dead. Like I wanted, I just, I don't know. I wanted the thrill of survival, but now we got that. <laughs> so um, I think that thrill is a little bit <laughs> fulfilled. <laughs> okay, Ian, if there was a fictional place that became real, where is the place that you would most like to go? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Because off the top of my head, I would I'm a huge like comic book nerd. I love like fictional like fantasies like Harry Potter. So I'm not just turning so, into multiverse. No, 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 like, no. So I so I wouldn't say like the Harry Potter exist. world, but they actually have that now. Um, I would say like Marvel land or like Star Wars, but they actually we have that, that now. <laughs> so outside of like my, my, my nerdy head, if Atlantis was real, if I can go like Ooh. deep underwater and Whoa. see like different creatures and everything. Well, I, lo actually, I, I love to swim. I'm a, I'm a water sign. That's kind of you know? real. That's in the Bahamas. They, got, they got mermaids. You, you, I, could, I could be a mermaid. Okay. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I don't think there's mermaids there. I think um, the place that I would want to go the most, and, and it sort of became real on the phone though, the land of Pokemon. I want to be a 10 year old yeah, kid, just, put my little hat on, go see the professor, get my starter, always choose the water type. That's, that's game. Always choose the water type first. And like, just go on an adventure, different cities, collect, yeah. catch different Pokemon and like get badges and go to the Pokemon league. Have a random rival who always knows where I am and wants to battle me. <laughs> Follow me for no reason. <laughs> Follow me in the sky. Hey, you know, hey, you know, it's time for time for us to battle. Or you have to like dismantle Team Rocket by yourself. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, what? Wait, like, why did we get here? Like, yo, yeah, I'm ten years old. Like, <laughs> this is a multi-faceted corporation. I'm gonna destroy it myself. Myself. Like, no one's like, gonna assist me here. Yeah, that would be the world that the most I want to be in the most. That yes, po that's po dope. Po <laughs> that's, that's actually kind of cool. How like we all grew up and we all wanted to be in these worlds. Well, besides my demonic one. Um, <laughs> yeah, you on your own with the walking. Like dead. they kind of all came to like fruitation after yeah. a while. So just imagine, there's always that kid that's out there that's just like us. That's just like, hey, like I want to be a Pokemon. 20 years later, like, we got Pokemon Go. Right, you do it right from your phone. Yeah, it's like, oh, we couldn't really let all of you um, random kids run around with no parents. <laughs> so, uh, here's a phone. Go run around with, um, hopefully, your parents. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got your parents running off in complete opposite directions trying to get a Bulbasaur. And they're like, you fend for yourself, sorry. This game came out 20 years ago. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> You're right, straight up. Shout out, yo. If that was real though, like in the like imagine how things would like in Pokemon, you didn't go to school. Right. Like you just you at 10 years old, you left home, you <laughs> went on in a multifaceted adventure, you were crossing oceans, you were going in volcanoes, hey. you were like doing all this shit as a kid. You were in large gardens and fields, you just pop yeah. arenas. And the tall grass animals were jumping out at Crazy you. ass animal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you had to get your you had to get your team stronger. Like, yo, like, that would be great for, like, just to First live so in that you world. imagine just, like, walking up to Pikachu and you just see this thing, just, like, zzz, you're like, um, 
do I do I touch that? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna get electrocuted. Why would I want to do that? But it looks cool. Right. You go to the store. You buy items, potions, and stuff. Like that would just be for me the best world to live in. That'd be so cool. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, that would be dope. I give it twenty more years. <laughs> Word. Virtual reality. They're gonna be able to plug you into something. Right. Well, it's gonna be like the Matrix. That Ready Man, Player Man, One movie. Yeah. It's gonna be real. Get it like twenty years. Virtual reality is gonna be crazy. I believe it, and I'm looking forward to it. Just not turn it to the people from Wally. That's all I'm worried about. I'm gonna be like 40 years old, dominating all the kid games. Like, (laughs) nah, you you see, you don't remember when this first came out, youngin. Nah, I'm gonna tell you the real. You don't you don't even know Professor Oak, all right? right. I used to be able to unplug you from the controller. Now I can unplug you from the world. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We would be like the worst generation because we're like. We we have dominated. We'll turn ourselves into the monsters. <laughs> It'll be terrible. It's like I thought this was supposed to be for the greater good. Oh, well, we're here. Right. Yeah, I think I honestly think like if I if that did become real, I would one hundred percent do Team Rocket because I already know where they went wrong, mm-hmm. right? Yep. <laughs> and now I can make the changes, and then we'll we will be over the yo. I'm actually glad that it's not going to come out in our you know when we're young because. I would 100% use all my powers for for evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when I was younger, I wanted to be on rocket power. Now that I'm older, I'm like, I wouldn't do that to myself. <laughs> like, right. why would I do that to myself? I would literally blow up at the end of every single episode. <laughs> all right. So, guys, before we wrap it up here, I have my last question for you, and it is, what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with as a good piece of advice a life jewel, a quote, or something just really important that you would like to express? What is one thing that you want to leave the listeners with, um, sort of maybe to remember you by, or just something really important that you guys want to convey or express before we end our interview today? I would like to say a quote. I don't know who said it. I think I personally feel like I came up with it. And I'm gonna, I used it in love, but I also want to use it in retrospect to life. I said to her before, like when we first got together, if you're going to fall in love, whether it be with a person, uh, a thing you do, you have to jump out of the plane without a parachute. You can't be afraid. You gotta, you have to commit yourself to it. You know, that's what I would say. Okay. Do what you love and you got to put your, you got to put your heart into it and you'll know, you don't know what it could come out to be, but you got to try kind of piggybacks off of that one of my life um models i guess i live by i would say i always live by never regret anything um most of the mistakes in my life has always been lessons learned so i always take that and i keep going and i never actually regret anything um are there days that i can look back and be like i could have probably did that better yeah but like i never want to go into a time machine and be like i'm gonna go overdo that so as long as you have literally no regrets and you take pride in, in like the options and things you're doing in your life, you'll always have the best foot forward. Awesome. 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 Well, one, thank you guys so much for coming on the show, for taking some time out to talk with me, to reminisce with me about the good old days. Oh, yes, good old days. We was wearing 5X t-shirts and we didn't have a care in the world. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate you guys. I really love the movement that you guys have. I love the message that you guys have. 
and I wish you nothing but love and success in the future and all your future endeavors. And what I want to do for you right now is roll out the red carpet again for you. I would like for you to reiterate your names, your creation name, and all the places that the people can reach you. So I'm Jessica. This is Ian. We're the Bodega Union. You can reach us if you want any collaborations at our email, which is info at the bodega union dot store. That's info at D A B O D E G A U N I O N O N dot store. It's a long one. It's a long one. We know. If you want to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, we are at the Bodega Union on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, our email is the best place to reach us. Our inbox on Instagram gets very, very bloated. Um, so please email us. It's the best way we can keep it. Um, I have a whiteboard. I will usually note you on my whiteboard. So definitely, definitely. Um, our website is thebodegaunion.store. If you would like any merch, any type of donations, um, we will be rolling out a back-to-school donation soon. So definitely check us out. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it is tradition around here that we allow our guest to choose a song that we fade out our podcast with. So, Bodega Union, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? I am a huge R&B fan. I am, I would say, the one of the more emotional people in the relationship, you know? So, <laughs> I love me some Alicia Keys, man. And we started this together. And if I ain't got her, if I ain't got you, you know, if I ain't had this girl next to me, this wouldn't, wouldn't have ever came out, happened. So I think that's, that's a fitting song. If I ain't got you, Alicia Keys. Yeah. Great, great, great. Thank you guys so much once again for coming on. I really appreciate you guys spending some time with me today and much love and much, many success and blessings to you in the future. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, bro. You, thank you so much. It's Have been, a great It's been day. amazing. And I, yo, I need one of those shirts, bro. I got you. <laughs> All I right. Got we'll, you. we'll talk. We'll talk. We're going to talk. We're going to give you something and uh, I need that shirt. Yeah, I like I got that. you. I got you. <laughs> thank All you, guys. Right. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Round of applause for Jessica and Ian of the Bodega Union. Round of applause. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 72 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say special thank you again to Jessica and Ian of the Bodega Union for coming through, for sharing, uh, for spending some time with me, sharing some great stories. I really appreciate their time. And uh, go check them out. Uh, all their info will be in the episode description, so you guys can click it from there. I want to say thank you again to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Please do not forget, your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website Bronx Bias Pod dot my shopify.com i've got hoodies t-shirts tote bags covid masks stickers and much 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 more to come 
Um, the merch is just a great way to support the podcast. I'm an independent potter from the BXNY, and the merch is just a great way to help keep the podcast going the way that it is. So if you can, I understand everyone's financial situations are different. If you can, uh, you know, come and patronize the merchandise, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And I sincerely, sincerely appreciate Every single person who has gone on and purchased merchandise, I really, really appreciate you guys. And we're going to fade you guys out with a great, 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 great song today, which is the Bodega Union's Choice. And it is called If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys off of the album The Diary of Alicia Keys. And this has been... The Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 72. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there. Be safe, and I will speak to you guys next week. We are out.
Said nothing in it. Oh. 